we have a distinguished speaker today, and it is a great honor for us to introduce, for me to introduce our next speaker, Sri Sanjay Sahani. He's an alumni of the Sri Satyasai Institute for Higher Learning, and he was a student of the first batch of the five-year integrated commerce program from the year 1982 to 1987. He won the gold medal for academic excellence both for his Bachelor's of Commerce as well as Master's of Commerce program. Subsequently, Swami blessed him to join as a faculty member in the Department of Commerce in 1987 at the Prashant campus. And Swami so confident of his capabilities that within three years, he was blessed to be the warden of the Senior Boys Campus at Prashant in 1990, a position he held until 1993. He then moved on to the Brindavan campus of the institute to teach the department of campus. He is a very inspiring teacher and students often flock to hear him sharing his experiences with Bhagavan. In 2002, Swami again blessed him to assume further responsibilities by making him the principal of Brindavan campus and now director of the Brindavan campus, a position he holds till today. And on behalf of the Satisai Youth of Zone 4, and on behalf of all of us here, let us put our hands and hearts together to welcome <laughs> Brother Sri Sanjay Sahani. I offer my most loving pranams at the lotus feet of our beloved Bhagwan, respected Dr. Ravi, revered elders, youth leaders of our SAI organization, brothers and sisters. Let me confess that I am equally blessed to be part of this beautiful assembly of SAI youth. And that was the last message that Swami left for me before is Mahasamadhi. I do not know how each individual responds to him after he has given up his physical body. But for me, this is the understanding that he always gave us. Swami is a living presence. I still feel there in Vrindavan the hallowed abode of Bhagwan during the summer months, a place which he permeated with his divine vibrations that Swami is with us. Very recently, I was sitting in the warden's office and a student walked in. He was quite excited and in spite of his excitement, somehow he was able to share his experience. The custodian of Vrindavan Ashram, Mr. Bhutia, 
used to keep a photograph of Swami outside Swami's Trai Mandir and every evening there was a lamp there which would be lit. There was this student who had just joined the campus, a fresher and his regret was that his long cherished dream of joining Swami's college was no doubt fulfilled but now physically he would not be able to have Swami's darshan. So he would go to that portrait of Bhagwan, which was kept on the top of the staircase which Swami would often take when he would walk down three and he would compose poems and he would sing his poems to Swami. One day as he was sitting there, the chair is here and there was this railing next to him on the right. He was turning to Swami's photograph and singing his songs. And then he observed that on the railing there was these metal bars, there was an orange reflection. He was very surprised. From where is this orange reflection coming? So he turned back and there was this window of Trai Hall. The window was obviously closed. In front of the window, Swami was standing with his two hands and giving him Abhayasta. He said, Sir, I have seen Swami in Vrindavan. We were so delighted that Swami had blessed our student. By blessing him, we felt whole Vrindavan had been blessed. If you feel that God is with you, He is. Because many years ago in a discourse, Bhagwan said, I will give you a mantra. What is a mantra? Mananatrayiti iti mantraha. That which you contemplate upon and which protects you from that contemplation, provides you protection through that contemplation, that is a mantra. What is the mantra that Swami gave in a public discourse to his devotees? He said, you don't have to remember anything except this. And then came the mantra. He said, Devudu Unnadu. Literal meaning is, God is. He is not was. He is not will be. He always is. He always is. One of our elders working in the super speciality hospital, he was once sharing this. He would go to Swami, there would be so many issues and he would go to Swami with his problem. And Swami would say, 
it is done. In his physical sense, this man knew that it is not done. There are so many things which have to be done before it gets done. But Swami would say, it is done. And the understanding that he got from that statement of Swami was, Swami is at all times, in the past, in the present, in the future, simultaneously, simultaneously. And I remember once he had, some guests had come to our university, our first vice chancellor, Professor V.K. Gokak, took them around the administrative building of our university. And then they came and met Swami. And Swami asked them, how did you like the building? And they said, Swami, it was so wonderful. Then one of the members said, how nice it would be, Swami, if we had something, some relic from the time of Sri Rama or Sri Krishna in the building. And you know what Swami said? He said, I am that relic. I am that relic. There is no object which you require. Oh, this belonged to Sri Krishna. This belonged to Sri Rama. So, what I mean to say is, he is a continuum. The other day I was interacting with our students and one of the students asked this question. Who is going to be the successor for Swami? I said, at the divine level, there can be only one successor for Swami and that is whom he himself has said, that is Prem Sai. Because the avataric mission is a continuum. And this time when God decided to incarnate, He decided that His incarnation would span three centuries. Shiddhi Sai, Satya Sai and Prema Sai. And the mission itself, a couple of years ago, I recall, in a birthday discourse, Swami said, the time is coming when the whole world will be united. The time is coming when the whole world will experience joy and peace and bliss. And he said, 28 years from now, it will happen. 28 years from now, it will happen. And obviously, it was going to happen at a time when the physical frame of Satisai is not going to be around. Because he knew that his mission is spread over this time span and with Swami you can never accelerate the process. Though he himself was always in fast forward mode. Once some 
members from the international funding agencies had come to Prashantinir and put this question to Bhagwan, Swami, we in the international organizations take so much time to complete our projects. How is it that you are able to complete it in a few days? And Swami said, it's true for all his projects. You take his water project, his super hospital, the indoor stadium which he constructed for the students. In 120 days plus from the time they started the foundation till the completion and inauguration by the President of India, 120 days plus the whole construction was over. In fact, there was a student with us who was doing his, who had done his civil engineering and doing his management course. He said, sir, for me, this is Swami's miracle. I cannot imagine from the engineering point of view, a construction can be completed in this short period of time. But that is how Swami has done all his projects. When the question was put to Swami, Swami said, in my entire creation, the most complex unit is the human body. I don't take more than nine months to create it. What are all these projects in front of it? What are all these projects in front of it? That is the Swami we have known. That is the Swami we as students grew up with. Supreme confidence, the hero of our life, our idol and our ideal. Lord Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, Janma karma chame divyam evam yo vit tattvataha tyaktva deham punar janma tyaktva deham punar janma Mameti so Arjuna. Those who understand Arjuna, the divine advent of the incarnation and the divine nature of the mission, this is my assurance. When they give up the body, they shall not be reborn again. When they give up the body, they shall not be born again. For those of us who had the opportunity to not just see Swami, but to study Swami's life, this is very, very important at this critical juncture. I call it a critical juncture because It is a testing time. We are still trying to recover from the situation where we will not get an opportunity to see Swami physically as we used to earlier. We have to put a lot of effort. He will give his darshan, but we have to put a lot of effort. And it is also a winnowing time. You know, when Paddy is brought from the farms. The husk has to be removed before you get the rice. 
And that's a very important process in the transformation of paddy to cooked rice. And in that winnowing process, it is possible that some husk will have to move away and only the rice grain will remain. So it is a time where we remind ourselves once again that the phenomenon that was with us all these years was no ordinary phenomenon. He was God himself. With these few words, I get into my subject for the day. His life is his message. Swami would say, Satya is my prachar. Truth is what I teach. Dharma is my achar. Righteousness is my conduct, my action. Shanti is my swabhava. Peace is my very nature. Prema is my swarupa. Love is my form. Over the last almost three decades, these words of Bhagwan were not mere words for me. They were an experience. Satya. What is the truth that Swami came to teach us? Years ago, in a message to the student study circle, this is the message he gave. It's very important for youth. He said, for students, and I would extrapolate it to youth as well, the two eyes are, one, Swami, two, the spiritual atmosphere that pervades Bhagwan's abode. Those who don't understand this are blind. Those who understand this are like people with good eyesight. They can go anywhere in the world and they will shine everywhere. Sheshasai means one who rests on Sesha, the serpent, Adi Sesha. Satyasai means one who rests on Satya or Truth. Those who live without realizing the Truth are blind, are blind. One day, Swami was having an ailment in the eye. There was this reddishness which would not go for days together 
And every day we would be as students sitting in the darshan and we would be peering into Swami's eye, has the reddishness gone today? And when Swami would walk past us, he would also make his eyes very small so that you know you don't see the white part and cannot make out whether it's really cured or not. So this was a cat and mouse game which was going on for several days. In fact, a leading eye surgeon of India, Dr. Sundar Rao also happened to express his concern to Swami in our presence. So one evening we were seated in the front row. Swami came out of the interview room and he pointed to a few students and said, come inside. So we rushed in, we thought there was some seva to do. We rushed inside and Swami asked this question, who are you? We were totally stumped with that question. Who are you? And for several seconds we were looking at him dumbfounded and then he himself explained, you and I are one. For all these days, you all are worrying about me, about my eye ailment. Swami said, it came in the natural way, it will go in the natural way. For the last 60 years, I have never used my powers for myself. It has always been for my students, for my devotees. But because you are worrying about this, I give you a solution. Because you and I are one, this is not my body. This belongs to you. You pray to me that I should cure this body. I promise you that I will fulfill your prayer. And the next day, after our prayers, we found that that eye ailment disappeared into nothingness. It was a great revelation and stunning for us to realize that there was no difference between him and us. We make the differentiation. For Swami, it was never there. One day, I was speaking in Swami's presence in Vrindavan to the students. Started coughing. Swami was sitting on the jula. He, he saw me coughing. He turned to his side, picked up his tumbler and offered, drink some water. That little act of his was so unsettling for me. How dare I drink from Swami's tumbler? I said, no, Swami, I will manage. Drink water. And then he kept on telling me, I kept on refusing, and then somehow I continued with my talk, which suddenly had to end. It didn't ha end on a happy note for me. And then when I went back, I was trying to ruminate. There's something wrong which has happened. And then it boiled down to this small incident. And I said to myself, I have a deep spiritual flaw in my personality. When Swami offered the tumbler, 
He never thought this tumbler is mine. This is a silver tumbler meant only for me. He found somebody coughing. The nearest water that was at hand was his own tumbler. He, without any differentiation, he offered the tumbler to me. He didn't have the differentiation. I had so much of differentiation. There is such a wide gap. Swami wanted me to learn, get over all these inner obstacles in recognizing your oneness with me. He always reminded us with his own physical example that he and we are not the body. I remember it was the year, I think 1988. One day we got message that Swami had a slip in the bathroom. He had put his foot on a soap and he slipped and he had a fracture in the hip at Prashantinilam. So message came that from tomorrow onwards there won't be any darshan. But within a day or two, suddenly message came, Swami is calling all the students. We rushed to the mandir and Swami was in the balcony and from the balcony he gave us darshan. Somebody was helping him and he gave darshan from the balcony and even from the balcony he inquired of a student who was sick how is your health he himself was ailing from the fracture few days later devotees from kerala had come from onam and we were all wondering what's going to happen swami said ask them to assemble in the purnachandra auditorium the hall was jam-packed because everybody was going to have darshan after so many days. And then Swami came to the stage. We thought he would remain seated, but he got up. Normally he speaks for one hour. That day he spoke for two hours. And in the course of his discourse he said, the pain that I am experiencing, this body is experiencing at this point of time is like electric shock. It is not possible for any human being to bear this pain. But I am bearing it. You know my secret because I am not thinking of this body. I am thinking of the joy I am giving to my devotees who have assembled here in thousands. Because my mind is focused on their bliss I don't experience this pain at all. A few days later, he went to Vrindavan. All of us wrote letters to Swami, get well soon Swami, and praying to him that he should take care of his health. And he sent us a letter. I still recall the opening stanza he said, I am not the body, a bundle of bones, blood and flesh. I am not the mind, a bundle of desires, manifest and unmanifest. I am not the feeling of infatuation which comes in the way of liberation. I am the eternal Paramatman who knows that I am. In spite of that hip fracture, Swami could assert a 
I am divinity. That is why I say he is our idol and our ideal. He lived that truth even at the worldly level. Once the prime minister of Italy had visited Prashantalam. It was Swami's 60th birthday here. And he thought that he must get a gift for Swami. And he brought 60 gold coins as an offering. He was directly landing in Prashantalam. Later on only he was supposed to go to Delhi to meet the Prime Minister of India. His first halt in the country against all protocol was at Prashantinilya. In the few minutes of interaction that he had with Swami, he made this offer. Swami, I have brought this gold coin, 60 gold coins for your 60th birthday. It's my humble offering. You know what Swami said? In those days, import of gold into India was very stringent. He said, have you declared it to the government? You know, these people have diplomatic immunity, so they don't go through the kinds of checks we have to. He said, no Swami. Then Swami said, if you have not declared it to the government, how do you expect me to accept this gift from you? And the Prime Minister of Italy started weeping. He said, Swami, this is the first time in my life somebody is teaching me like this. And Swami said, when you go to Delhi, tell the Prime Minister of India what I have told you. He came out of the interview room, journalists asked him, Prime Minister, how was your first meeting with Sai Baba? And he said, in life, one never stops learning. <laughs> Even the Prime Minister of a country, Swami had something to teach. Forget the students. Dharma is my achar. What is dharma? Sanatan Dharma, we say. Yesterday I reached Bali, I was so enchanted to see Sanatan Dharma being actually practiced in Bali. The beautiful traditions that the people of Bali have retained to this day, their reverence for their ancestors, their reverence for life. You know, every day they do their worship and then put this little offering on their doorstep so that insects and other ants can come and eat the rice grains, etc. It was so touching to see this in such a popular town like Bali, where thousands of people are coming from all over the globe. What is culture? One day Swami was speaking to the professors at Prashantlim. Everybody gave their own answers. Then this is what Swami said. Culture is concern for others. 
culture is concerned for others. You may belong to any nation, you may belong to any civilization, but if you are to be deemed a person of culture, you must have concern for others. That is something which we saw in Swami all the time. One day, I was with the students with Swami and Swami asked, who is Jai Raman? I said, Swami is a student studying in the postgraduate class. He said, go call him. So went out, searched the student assembly and picked up the boy and took him inside. And Swami asked, how's your stomach? The boy had been ailing from amoebiosis for a very long period of time. He was not able to eat any food item except curd rice. That was the only thing that he could digest. And you can imagine it's a hostel of 600 students and everybody is eating normal food and this poor fellow had to eat only restricted diet. Swami asked him, you like chapati? And the boy didn't know how to answer Swami. Swami turned to me and said, he likes chapati, you give him chapati. Then he called the boy closer and he waved his hand and he created such a huge piece of sugar candy. And the boy was putting it in his pocket thinking he'll take the prasadam to the hostel. Swami said, eat it here. He wanted to have the boy taking the prasadam in his presence. And the boy ate it and Swami blessed him and sent him. I came back to the hostel, I asked the student, did you tell Swami? He said, no sir, I have not told Swami at all. Did you write a letter to Swami? No sir, I did not write a letter also. 600 youngsters are there in the hostel and one youngster is facing a problem and Swami knew about it. Not only he knew about it, he was so concerned that he called him, called him, me also and saw to it that whatever was the boy's problem was addressed. I went to our kitchen in charge and told him, whatever this boy can eat, give him. Let him eat because Swami wants him to eat well. A few days remained for the boy to finish his master's course with us. I was sitting in my office. The boy walks in and he said, did you observe, sir, anything strange in the dining hall? I said, uh, I didn't observe. And then he said, so for the last few days, I am eating normal food. I said, how did that happen? He said, I was thinking to myself, here I am in Swami's abode and Swami took care of me completely. I had nothing to worry about. Tomorrow I am going into the wide world. I don't know for my higher studies where I will be. Who will take care of me there? And this is what was gnawing me from inside. And as I was thinking about it, I realized that Swami permanently cured me 
my problem has disappeared and I have been eating the normal food for the last so many days. That is Swami. That concern that he had for every student, not only a student, even the elders, once the vice chancellor of our university then, Professor Sampat, he was traveling with Swami in the car. They were going to Uti or Kodekanal. And it was a long journey. At one point, Professor Sampath quietly went near the driver and whispered into his ear, how much more time? And he thought he had just muttered those words to himself. Swami immediately asked the driver to stop the car. He said, Vice-Chancellor wants to ease himself. You please stop the car. Look at Swami. His concern for each and every individual was amazing. In 2000, October 29th, he sent word to the staff of the university, all of you assemble in the mandir. And half an hour before the slated time, Swami was already in the mandir. And because we stay very close to the mandir, the Brindavan students and teachers, so we saw Swami from our balcony, we rushed ahead. Slowly people started coming. Swami waited for everybody to come and then the doors were closed. That year, in fact from the next day, the university was taking up for the first time Sri Satyasai Gram Seva. We were to go to the villages and do service in the village. Till that point of time, people would come to Prashantlim and we would serve them, distribute clothes, distribute food prasadam in the stadium. That year, Swami said, I want you to go to the villages, not only the villages, even the big towns, like Dharmavaram. And that particular evening, He explained to us why He wanted us to do that. He said, few days ago, I was reading this news item in the newspaper. A mother who was very poor could not feed her children and not able to see her children starving, she gave poison to the children and ate poison herself and took her life. At that moment, dear brothers and sisters, I cannot explain to you, even today that vision is so vivid. Swami, his body was shivering with emotion. His eyes were about to drop tears. He was restraining himself. His lips were quivering. I have never seen Swami as He was that evening. And Swami said, I am sending all of you to the villages 
Because in this land, which is called Annapurneshwari, the land of plenty, a mother has been reduced to this state that because she is unable to see her children starving, she is giving poison to the children and taking her own life. Because of this, it has been my resolve now that till the last breath of my life, I am going to take up rural seva, rural development. And I want you to initiate this from tomorrow. That is the genesis of the Sri Satisai Gram Seva which we see at Prashantalim and which has become today an inspiration for the Sai organization worldwide. Swami's concern is something amazing. That is Dharma. When we live our lives concerned about our fellow human being, we have lived a life of dharma. Shanti is my swabhava. There was no event which could unsettle Swami. Do not think that in the physical plane Swami did not have challenges. He had phenomenal challenges. Whether it was his hospitals, when the super speciality hospital was announced during the birthday, Next year, it is going to start on 22nd November. This was the announcement which Swami made. By the month of April, May, even the foundation of the building had not come above ground. And in Kodekanal, Colonel Jogarao, an ardent devotee of Swami, one night was having a very restless evening. His roommate was Mr. Narsimurti. He got up, he said, Uncle, would you like to have something for your headache? He said, no, this headache is of a different kind. Medi medicines cannot cure. What kind of headache is that, Uncle? Then Colonel Jogarao said, Swami has announced the super speciality hospital. Where are the funds in the trust? And how is it going to be completed? The foundation has not come above ground also. Till now it's already April, May. That night somehow passed off. Next day, over the breakfast table, Swami told Colonel Jogarao, Jogarao, you did not sleep well yesterday night. Yes, Swami. Why Jogarao? Swami, I was worrying about the hospital. Then, Swami made a great declaration. He said, Jogarao, understand this one thing. In this land of Bharat, if any individual were to take up any noble task with noble intention, it will never get 
obstructed because of shortage of funds. This is the greatness of this land. What a declaration for the glory of India. All good work is God's work. All good work is God's work. The feeling is important. And sure enough on 22nd of November, the hospital did get inaugurated. In fact, just few months before, Swami every evening would go into the bhajan hall and he would be cracking jokes and you know we would be holding our stomachs unable to contain our laughter. None of the students would ever know how much of challenge it was for Swami at that point of time to see that the hospital was on time inaugurated but he did never allowed any of his students to even have an inkling of it. Always the embodiment of Shanti. In his own life, spanning over more than eight decades, how many people, how much good work he did, people would still challenge him. People would still criticize him. People would still abuse him. One day, a gentleman by name, one Mr. Rao, put up an ad. I am going to walk on the sea. And I challenge Satya Sai Baba, if he can do the same, if he is God, let him match my feet. And he was selling tickets and they were selling like hotcakes and devotees around Swami were so excited and emotionally charged. They said, Swami, you must accept the challenge and you must also walk. There was this Venkatgiri Raja, a great devotee of Swami. He was a very tall gentleman. And you know, Swami, you must teach that fellow a lesson. <laughs> Swami said, my dear fellow, if a person says, see, I will eat 10 kgs of rice. Can you eat 10 kgs of rice in one go? If it is that kind of a challenge, it is understandable. It's a challenge which human beings can take. Supposing somebody says, I can eat 10 kilos of excreta. Can you eat? If you are God, then you must also be able to eat. We cannot accept challenges of this nature. Or somebody says, I will eat metal. I will eat blades. Is that a challenge for human beings? So Swami said, you keep quiet. And nothing happened from Swami's side. On the D-Day, the whole of Bombay was there. People had purchased tickets paying fabulous sums. And this man was about to walk on the water. When he entered the water, he sank. And the public got so wild. We have been cheated. This fellow has collected so much of ticket fees from us. And the police had to pitch in to save that man from the public. Later on, Mr. Hislop asked Swami, Swami, if that fellow could not walk on water, why did he give such a challenge? Then Swami said, you know, he wrote a letter to me. He said, Swami, I'm very sorry. I thought if I take your name, my ticket sales will go up. So he used Swami's name to sell more tickets. 
But Hislop said, Swami, if he could not walk, why did he give such a challenge? Swami said, he could walk on water. But because he forgot the power which enables him to do so and challenge that very power, that ego, once it enters into ourselves, we become incapable even of what we are able to do. But the point was that Swami was the embodiment of peace. Nothing could unsettle him. When he announced the water project, the members of the Satisai Central Trust, they put their hands folded before Swami. Swami, even governments don't do this work. How are we going to do it? That was the phenomenal challenge. And believe it, my dear brothers and sisters, Swami borrowed money from financial institutions and the whole of Brindavan was mortgaged to raise that loan. For who? For nondescript villagers in Anandpur district. People hesitate to do it for their own relatives. Swami mortgaged his entire property in Bangalore to raise funds for the water project. That is how, it's a different issue that he paid off the loan subsequently. But that was his concern for people. And that was the equanimity of mind that he had. It is because of that he achieved so much. But finally, I must say, if at all we can describe Swami in words, he is an avatar of love. He was the embodiment of love and his message to humanity is love. Unconditional love. It doesn't really matter who you are. One day, it was I think in the mid-80s, Swami wanted us the students to prepare a program for the 22nd November sports program. So he had called two members from the army to train the students. Within one week he said, I want to see the students practice. So he came to the college and we have a stair which goes up to Lord Ganesha's idol. The chair was put in front of Lord Ganesha and Swami was sitting there. Just before his arrival, a stray dog entered the arena. So people went up to it and started shooing it away and it was pregnant. So slowly the dog ambled away. When Swami went and sat on the chair, this dog again appeared on the scene and started looking up to Swami. The student's program is on. Swami saw that for a few minutes. But all his attention went to that little dog. It is at the end of the stair. And Swami turned to his table. The students would keep some eatables for him, some groundnuts or some pakoras. Swami picked up some eatables and threw it at the dog. And the dog ate. And the dog kept on gazing at Swami. 
And throughout the program, Swami kept on throwing his, I think his whole bowl he emptied, feeding the dog. And the dog, you know, become more, make him more courageous. He started going up, one step, second step. And then the program got over and Swami got up. And then he went down the steps and he went up to the dog. And this is what I saw with my own eyes. Swami bent down and fed the dog from his own palms, a stray dog. If you need me, you deserve me. If you need me, he doesn't want any other qualification. Do you have hunger for God? Do you have thirst for Swami? If you have that hunger, you have the thirst, how he fulfills it, it is not your business, it is Swami's business. If he could confer that privilege on a stray dog, will he restrain himself in conferring his blessings on us human beings who are the pinnacle of his creation? Swami is the avatar of love. He has come to communicate to mankind that the only way in which you can redeem your lives is to become messengers of love. It was stated a few minutes ago that we have to become messengers of Sai. Messenger of Sai means what? To be a messenger of His love. Unconditional love. One day it was the first day of the summer course in 1990. And I had come down to Prashant, from Prashantlim. The warden of Prashantlim had requested me, the students are about to arrive. They have already arrived and are arriving. You please go ahead and receive our students because without any representative, the warden of Brindavan will not permit them to enter the hostel. So I had come a few days before that, admitted our own students and it was the day when the new students were to join. So I was busy with the admissions Swami came out for morning darshan. We had just little time to just stand outside the hostel gate. So Swami was inside a mesh hall. We were at the hostel entrance and catching a few glimpses of Swami's darshan. Swami finished darshan and then he came right up to the hostel. And three of us, myself and two Sevadal were next to me. Swami looked at all of us. And he walked up the steps and the Sevaldal stayed behind. I walked behind him and the warden of Brindavan, Mr. Narsimurti, also was with us. So both of us followed Swami and then he went up some distance and then he turned. At that point, there were only two people there. One was myself and the other was Mr. Narsimurti. And Swami said, Lot of new students are coming today. I think you need to have a haircut. <laughs> what had happened was I had bath, head bath that day. And in those days when I had a head bath, I wouldn't apply oil. So the hair must have been little fluffy. And Swami found, see, to be a messenger of Sai, even the way you dress is important. The way you look is important. Every action that you do must reflect Him. Later on when I asked Mr. Narsimurthy, uh, said, do I need a haircut? He said, I don't think so. But this is what Swami said. 
So then I, it dawned on me that the hair was fluffy, Swami did not like the appearance. He said, you're not being a good example to the students who are going to join the university today. But the point is, if he wanted to flare up, he could have done outside when thousands of eyes were watching. And the two Sevadal were there. He saw me first time there. If he wanted, he could have done it immediately. He didn't do. He kept quiet. And then he came behind. And then we were all alone. And at that point, he gave that instruction. That is love. He wants to scold you, but he doesn't want to humiliate you. Is that not embodiment of love? That love we have experienced in our lives. And how that love has to be manifested in our interaction with society is actually going to be the theme of my next talk towards the end of this camp. I will leave it for that occasion with these few words. I once again thank the organizers for this beautiful retreat to give an opportunity to me to come over here and share my thoughts with all of you. Jai Sairam.